After a long day of work and family responsibilities, my fave way to unwind and reset is with my flock throwing a grubbly happy hour. The best part about a grubbly happy hour is I can enjoy it in whatever way I want. I can choose to do a leisurely stroll as my feathered friends follow me for more, rage throw them at the sky so I can get over the mess my kids left on the counter, or sometimes I go all out and make my flock their own special Grubly's donuts and sneak myself a treat to eat without anyone whining to ask for some. All I need is a bag of Grubly's and like five minutes to myself. Seriously, I'm a new person after I've had a short Grubly happy hour with my cluckin' BFFs. To get yours, go to grublyfarms.com and use code DRINKINFARM25 for 25% off your first bag of Grubly's. And take the mental stress off your happy hour planning by subscribing to have your Grubly's auto-delivered. You'll save on every shipment. This is Positively Farming Media. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. How's it going? It is going. I was trying to think of some funny horse pun, but nothing came to my mind. My mind just like totally blanked nothing. There were no horse puns in there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Why would Bev be doing horse puns? I don't know. Maybe because she ended up with six horses. What seemed very randomly to the rest of us. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was a grand plan, but we clearly need to talk about how this happened, what went down. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're all yeah. feeling a little, uh, a little lost here, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So today we'll talk about kind of how that went down and some of the, you know, some of the cool stuff and maybe a little bit of the fallout from it, too. Like, it wasn't... Ooh, drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't perfect because it turns out you guys and I say you guys like you all everybody weren't the only people in the dark. It was everyone but me and my friend Chris. Oh so. <laughs> no. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> so, we must know. Tell us everything. <laughs> Before we get into it, we will say cheers to our drinks, pe- our drink peeps this episode. Uh, our drink peeps are Elizabeth Steves and Ashley Kiernan. So cheers, ladies. Cheers. So spill, spill the beans here. How did you end up with six horses? Well, so it was only supposed to be two. And then... Oh. It that escalated quickly to four and then five <laughs> and then six. Yeah, it turns out some people like can't count horses. I don't know. I'm not really sure what it was. But anyways, once you said yes to the first two, like it was really difficult to say, yeah, we'll just take those two. But the other ones have to stay there and starve. Like, you know, it becomes one of those one of those things that like you feel like you can't really like back out of it at that point. You can't say no. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. committed. You're yeah. committed. I mean, and I guess most, like, 
semi-sane people probably would have said, oh no, that is like beyond my capabilities. So like, I am going to back out of this for my safety and the horse's safety and all of that. But I have a really good like support network and I know that I'm good at learning new things and I'm excited about learning new things and all of that. So that uh, also is super helpful, you know, when it comes to making decisions like that. But in a nutshell, the reason we ended up with the horses was because there was an elderly lady that couldn't take care of them any longer. She's, uh, I, I'm, I'm just like, this is all conjecture right here, but she's an older lady. I imagine she was a self-proclaimed horse person and had always had horses. And so when it got to the point where she couldn't afford to take care of them, or physically take care of them anymore. It probably became a really difficult decision, you know, to get rid of them. And she actually never came to that decision. Her family made that decision for her um, because they could not handle six horses that hadn't been handled either. And they were older either. Like also like her family that helped us get the horses rounded up, like they were easily in their 60s or 70s as well. So she ended up going into hospice the day that we got the horses. So she wasn't even there, which was good because that allowed us to actually go through and do it. And then she unfortunately passed away in hospice about a week later, which was really unfortunate. But those stories are really hard because I... I can only imagine what it would feel like to have horses your whole life and then be faced with the reality that you have to get rid of them because you can't care for them or feed them anymore. So like I have nothing but but empathy for her and I'm I'm glad that we were able to kind of step in and do that cuz the horses they needed some care. You could tell somebody liked them though. Like I mean they they're friendly, they aren't trained at all that we can tell. They were fed to the best of their ability. So yes, they were like skinny, but they always did have some food. So uh, there was that. So you could tell somebody was like trying their best, which isn't always the case, you know, when it comes to getting rescue animals. And the animals are actually over at my friend Chris and Wade's farm. They are not on our farm (laughs) because when Chris... My friend Chris uh, first uh, pitched the idea. They have a better setup for it. And Wade has more horse experience than I do. Wade is Chris's husband. And also, they're just, you know, they're kind of like go with the flow kind of people. And I was just like... Yeah, I'm a community kind of person. I was like, yeah, now we have community horses. And I just like <laughs> said yes. Without without talking to my husband about it, which wasn't the right thing to do. All right. Yeah. This won't be an episode where I like try to justify that decision. Like, you know, he and I had a really good conversation about it afterwards. And I apologize because like when you make a mistake, that's the only thing you know, that you can do. In my head, I was thinking that I was doing the right thing by the horses. And I just, you know, at the time, I wasn't sure that we were actually going to get them because, you know, who just gives you six horses? So it felt like one of those things that had the possibility of falling through. So I justified it to myself by saying that, um, well, it's possible they won't even show up. So why bother, you know, like stressing him out about it and all that? Because, you know, he's a, <laughs> he's a planner. He... You know, he makes sure that all the ducks stay in a row and, you know, we can feed everything that we have. And when I throw wrenches in it, like from the side, it, you know, it makes, it creates chaos essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I know that and it creates stress. So I didn't want to create the stress and the chaos if <laughs> the horses weren't actually coming. 
but I could see your thought process there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was actually really funny because the way he found out was uh, we were at karaoke with some friends and Wade came up and said something about the horses. And Jared just looks at me and goes, what horses? And oh, shit. Wade and I keep talking and he goes, what horses? And oh. Wade and I keep talking. He's like, Somebody tell me about the horses. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can like I can imagine it. It's that sounds like a, a TV show. Like. Yeah. It was. It was very much like out of a out of a TV show. And it was really stressful. You know, it was stressful for everybody. So like on a scale of zero to ten, like how how mad would you say he was? Uh, I don't know. I'm honestly not sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, higher think, than higher than a six. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Most definitely. So he wasn't like, oh, Bev, you're so silly. Let's get horses. He was big mad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair that they are big animals. So mm-hmm. um, I can understand the shock there. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're dangerous animals too. You know, horses are not miniature goats or ducks or you know chickens like up there in the cow range you know even donkeys you know they can kick and hurt you pretty good too yep yeah they're like donkeys times three yeah so uh and I remember how intimidated I was by the size of the donkeys and the cow and stuff and you know as I've grown I've kind of I have more confidence in that um so I'm not as worried about those things um but sometimes I can be too optimistic and too confident (laughs) in my abilities and what I'm capable of doing. But, you know, he, uh, after, you know, we, we got him and he's, he, two of them were kind of calling my horses. They're not going to come live here at the farm or there's no plans for them to, they have a better setup where they're at now. It's only 10 minutes down the road. So I don't mind going over there. Plus they're with their herd, which makes them happy. But he was like, I kind of want to talk about like how you came to the decision to pick up six horses as if it was a vintage truck trunk that you saw at the antique store and just like threw in the back of your car and took home because I did that also. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, you know, it, it wasn't in my head. That wasn't how it was. It wasn't like that in my head. Like I had spent a couple weeks like thinking through the logistics and making the plans. But when I don't let other people in on those plans, it looks like I'm being sneaky or like I'm intentionally trying to be deceptive, which in my brain, it's not. What I'm trying to do is I'm I'm telling myself that I'm trying to take the stress away by doing all of the forethought first. But when you don't involve all of those other people, then it, it you're not giving them the opportunity to bring their perspective and their knowledge and their, you know, abilities and strengths to the conversation and to the problem solving. So at the end of the day, like it doesn't end up being a good solution, you know, for everybody without their input because it just had yours and when you're the overly optimistic person <laughs> yeah yeah that would be I can I can see like I know like your intentions and your heart are like we'll say 99.9% because nobody's perfect yeah no, in no, the no. right in the right spot there but yeah I, I'm it's awesome that he wanted to understand your thought process though that's yeah. really great yeah it wasn't just like Peace, <laughs> like, <laughs> and like put you in the basement or, or something really dramatic like that. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. I mean, and, and that would have been like totally fair, you know, like in the moment, you know, until we talked about it. But that kind of speaks to like the growth kind of, I don't like to use the word journey, but I'm going to use it. Do it. The growth journey that I've been working on. Like I'm, I'm, I'm calling myself out on my own bullshit. Like just because I have ADHD and I struggle with these things doesn't mean that I have to be beholden to them. Like, I know I'm impulsive. I know that the minute I got horses and called them mine, I wanted to quit everything and become a famous horse trainer. Like, right. that is that is just part of my personality. I did get horse training lessons though. So I do have like a horse mentor now because of the safety aspect. And that was what I told my husband too. I said, well, one of the things that I was trying to think through was the safety part because like, I'm not scared of them. I got in there. There's a video on my Instagram of me taking the halter off of the one. And that's the one that we, cause we said picked me and became my horse because it, that we had only had them for like an hour and all the other horses were running back and forth across from us. They had never been handled or touched, but we needed to get that halter off of her. She kept stepping on it and like, it was really upsetting her. So I just talked to her like it would a human and brought her hay. And once I fed her, she let me reach over her head and pull that halter off, which felt kind of amazing. Cause they didn't I didn't think she was going to let me take it off. I thought I was going to be there all night trying to take that thing. Or I was going to go get some scissors and cut it off of her or something like that. Yeah, because I didn't want her to get hurt. So from that perspective, like, I know that I don't have enough fear when it comes to – because, like, I've been around horses when I was in middle school. And, like, all I wanted was horses, like, for my entire life. And so getting training, mucking stalls, riding – grooming them, like all of those things. That was what I spent all of my spare time doing. And anybody that had horses, like if they would let me come over and just, you know, muck stalls in exchange for for grooming them, like that was good enough for me. I didn't even necessarily have to ride them. So I've always loved them. And I've never had a bad experience with a horse either. So it's probably why I don't have a big fear of them. But I need a I need a good, healthy fear and respect of them. And I know that because they weigh a thousand pounds. Right. They can crush you and kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one wrong kick. Like, and of course, like, like I told my friend, I was like, well, if we are going to break them to ride and stuff, like we need to get helmets because we're going to be good examples, you know, like to people about like how to do this safely. And so that's something that's really important to me too, is not just making it look like this is something uh, that you can just like fall into and have success. Yeah. And just be a horse whisperer. <laughs> And it's all fine and beautiful on Instagram, were they? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. You know, and we've only had good days so far. But, you know, by the same token, it's only been a few weeks. I don't work with them every time I go out there. I bring lots of treats with me. So I'm a big sucker for bribing. Yes. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's how you build a relationship to start off with. But my horse trainer that I got... His name is Noah, and he's with uh, Steady Horse. So if, we'll put a link to the, him in the show notes if anyone wants to go check him out. I had actually, because I do so many things online, I thought, like, I really want to get an online horse trainer. I know in person might seem like it might be better, but I didn't want to drop her off anywhere. Um, and I felt like I could learn that way by doing. Plus, then nobody else can step in and do it. Like, I have to. He's not actually here. Um 
But uh, his whole thing is all about safety and like building a bond in a relationship. So he's like got like this unbreakable bond program, like with your horse. And uh, I really felt that when I saw them, like talking to them and grooming them and helping them, like they trust me and they know me and they're happy to be around me and I'm happy to be around them too. So I thought like with some mentorship, if I can continue this like vibe with them, I think we're going Mm -hmm. to be able to do some really cool things. And I think it's kind of helped change like my, I don't want to say like mindset or approach because I think I've always been relatively gentle and I, I love animals and I love handling animals, but I had never really thought of it as like a relationship like that. And so now I'm looking at working with my donkeys again, like oh, maybe we can go further and do more stuff because when I'm actually listening to them and paying attention to them and what they want and need, and I'm not just projecting my human needs on them, you know, then maybe we can go further and and get more stuff done. You know, we're working on that visit Ancient Valley thing, so yeah. we've got hiking burrows coming any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get there. It'll get there. Yeah, yeah, it will. So, I mean, so that's the horse uh, story in a nutshell. We'll do a separate episode where I actually, like, tell the whole story of, like, getting them and loading them and all that, because that's actually really fun. But we really just wanted to make sure that we got this one out there so that you guys could hear about the horses. (laughs) When it comes to my animals' housing, I want the best bedding for them and least amount of work for me. That's why I use Eaton Pet and Pastures hemp bedding in my chicken coops, duck house, where my baby goats love to cuddle puddle, and as a base layer under the straw in my barn stalls. Eaton Pet and Pastures hemp bedding is made from 100% naturally grown hemp and is superior in every way to alternatives. It's soft and cozy for them and two times more absorbent, which means I get to clean half as often. And when it's cleanup time, it sweeps up like a dream. Get 20% off your first order from Eaton Pet and Pasture by going to eatonpetandpasture.com and using code ZEROCLUCKS20. And when you start having your hemp bedding auto-delivered, you'll save on every shipment while always having it on hand when you need it. Talk about taking the stress out of mucking day. Make the switch today to Eaton Pet and Pasture's hemp bedding, made for a happy pet, healthy planet, and is a farm choice that aligns with my values. So that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much to our uh, Patreon peeps, our MV peeps. So we've got Tanya Harold, DC Teitzel. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't have my list in front of me. Um, Kimberly Taylor. There we go, Kimberly <laughs> Taylor. And I know, I, I know we have more. Why don't I have my list in front of me? All right, um, and Ashley Davis. So thank you, thank you so much for being an MVP. It really makes a difference. And we'll see you in the after hours to this. I'll have to think of some tea for the after hours because I basically just like threw it all out there. So <laughs> he threw it at the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh, so I guess until next time, drink, farm, and, and give zero clucks. Bye now. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things.